Hello, hello. Hi, everyone. Brielle here. And this is Molly. And we are the Well Wishes podcast. One of these times, Molly and I are going to say it in unison, and it's going to be perfect. But in the meantime, we are so psyched to have our first guest join us for the Well Wishes podcast, Talia Schubert. Hey. Talia, I am so happy you're here. I'm just going to like Cavell for a moment. Cavell is like, how would you say Cavell to the non-Yiddish folk? Brag. Brag. Cool. (laughs) That's it. So Talia, I've known for many years because she first started as a student at Shredder Yoga Studio, came with her then boyfriend, then they at some point got married. Talia, what week are you in your pregnancy? Um, 37 weeks. Oh my goodness. We're getting close. Wow. That is a pretty cooked baby. Oh yeah. And (laughs) you showed up for this podcast. We are so honored. So uh, Talia is going to be joining us today because she is one of my main care physicians. We're just going to name the show Brielle's Health Care Team. Care Team. (laughs) You because you guys already know Molly is one of my. um, I guess you're my main care physician, (laughs) Molly. As a holistic nutritionist. I am her GP. You are my GP. Yeah. And Talia is my gynecologist. No. (laughs) It's very great to have this honor to be Brielle's gynecologist. (laughs) But um, Talia is a fertility awareness method facilitator. And what for me, the cavelling, and then we'll get on with the show, is that, you know, Talia, you've been a nurse working in New York and in Tel Aviv for many years. And then at some point... While you were a student at the studio, you said, I'm doing this thing, and you got totally lit up, and now this is like your full-time thing. You were like a full-time fertility awareness method facilitator. Educator. Educator. <laughs> and you help so many women with their fertility journey, helping them get off of, con- of uh, birth control, helping them feel connected to their cycle. And so for me, as uh, a friend, I hope we're friends. <laughs> It's just so amazing when you see people sort of like find their calling and then like rock at it. Thanks, Brielle. Yeah. That's really nice. Yeah. So, okay, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so nice. And this is the first time I'm officially meeting Talia, and it's such a pleasure. And I've been so inspired by your work, and I'm just so excited to learn from you today and for our listeners to learn from you. So nice. Thanks, guys. Yes. And to give just a little bit of a formal intro. So Talia is a registered nurse turned fertility awareness method educator. She lives in Tel Aviv. She teaches FAM as a method of natural birth control, as a way to optimize conception, and as a tool to better understand the female menstrual cycle. Talia is really a wealth of knowledge and such a kind and calming presence. Mm-hmm. True. Um, and we hope that you enjoy listening to her. Wow. Thanks, guys. Yeah. I'm so happy to be here. This is so much fun. It is fun. Yeah. And we're so glad we we're like stoked. got you before you like gave birth. Yeah. Hopefully you don't go to labor here. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> Listen to find out, everyone. So, yeah. Talia <laughs> is literally 37 weeks pregnant. Yeah, we're getting there. I'm like sweating in the studio because my body's always a little bit hotter than everyone else's as we're recording, but it's good. <laughs> Okay, she's making it work. Yeah. So I could like have Talia on the podcast for like 18 hours. There is, I like learned so much from Talia, but what we've decided, mainly Molly and Talia, because they're the organized ones in this party, is that we've split up the Talia podcast to sort of two topics. 
So mm-hmm. today, and then I guess Talia, I don't think we're going to be getting you back until after you have a baby. Yeah. Maybe we'll see you another 18 years. Hopefully you get to finish the podcast series. We're going to do it. Yeah. But today we're going to dive into FAM and a uh, tool for contraception. Contraception. Exactly. And one day we'll come back and we'll talk about FAM for people who are looking to optimize conception. Mm -hmm. Right now we're focusing on birth control today. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. A topic that we are all widely aware of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, namaste. Uh, Yeah. And I think it's actually something that when we talk about kind of the people who are listening, I definitely think majority of the people listening are looking or want to know more about how this works for birth control. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. Talia, I have to tell you, I did not know anything about this until you came along. Can you start about like what is FAM? Really good question. So essentially what it is, it's a way of tracking your cycle. It's a way of tracking... Um, We track cervical mucus and we track basal body temperature. And with this information, we're basically able to understand exactly when a woman is fertile and when she's not. Mm -hmm. Because contrary to popular belief, is that what people say? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) What we all think. We all grew up thinking like like you have unprotected sex and you get pregnant. Like any day, doesn't matter when, Mm -hmm. where, how, just like unprotected sex equals pregnancy. Totally. But in reality, there's actually just a window of when you're able to get pregnant, of when you're fertile. So what this method gives us are kind of these tools. We're able to kind of watch these kind of, kind of um, fertility signs that our body gives us in order to understand exactly when we are fertile and when we're not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of what the method, fertility awareness method gives us, like kind of how it works. Obviously, I could go into more detail about it, but it could be that's why this is kind of used for um, contraception and for to optimize conception, because if I'm trying to get pregnant, I want to be having sex <clears throat> on these days that I'm fertile where I'm like, oh, right. this is my fertile window. And if I'm looking for birth control, I obviously need to, I want to either be using protection or be avoiding sex during these fertile days. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is kind of how it works. And so like I was mentioning is that we track these two things. One of them is cervical mucus. The other one is my body temperature, which is basically just my waking temperature every day when I wake up in the morning. Um, and the reason that this works is because when we're getting closer to ovulation, like the egg in my ovary is growing, <coughs> excuse me. And it's getting ready to be released at ovulation. Mm-hmm. My body starts producing cervical mucus, mm-hmm. which is kind of people listening. Like you guys might be, I feel like I'm speaking to like the audience. <laughs> you guys might be wondering, like, what, what what does that even mean? What's cervical mucus? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, tell us. Yeah, tell, tell exactly. Because and what a lot of people are, um, you might like laugh about, but it's just like it's really just the discharge that you see that you've mm-hmm. been seeing most of your life, mm-hmm. whether it's on your underwear on your tissue when you wipe, Mm -hmm. maybe sometimes you wipe and you're like, whoa, that felt slippery. Like, what was that? Uh And so that's all cervical mucus. And that's what your body's producing as you're getting close to ovulation. And then once you do ovulate, the cervical mucus will dry up, like you shouldn't see anymore. Mm -hmm. And also your body temperature will rise. So if I was taking my temperature every single morning when I woke up, I basically would see if I was graphing it out, like I'm putting it on a chart, I would see mm-hmm. that all my temperatures from the first day of my period until ovulation were kind of in this lower range. Mm-hmm. And then once I ovulate, all my temperatures from ovulation until the end of my cycle will be higher. Mm. Fascinating. And, yeah. Why is that? It's all because there's this hormone that's produced after ovulation called progesterone. Mm-hmm. And progesterone increases your body temperature. It does like a bunch of great things for our body. But one of the things is that it does increase your body temperature, mm. which is pretty crazy, like how clear it's seen. Like it seems so clearly, like literally on a graph. Like it's not like some made up like subjective information. It's like literally like you graph your temperatures every day 
and your temperature will literally jump and it will stay high until you're going to get your next period and then it will drop again either the day before your period the first or second day of your your period um the body is amazing (laughs) yeah and it gives us all this information which is like wild that like we didn't know these things like you were mentioning that you like had just heard about it when um when I mentioned it or when you found out about it from me and I also like I studied nursing like I worked as a nurse for many years and like there was no mention of this anywhere Mm. yeah Talia let's Mm. talk about that (laughs) we're gonna get into that yeah like how how long has this been around like I would love to know like that moment where you sort of like discovered fam and it just like flipped your world around you know and I'm gonna answer my own question um, I had a friend growing up and they were Catholic and they had like a million children. And like, I remember the mom talking about tracking her cycle. I was in high school, you know, it's like, you know, I would just hear it like maybe in, you know, if she was in, I was in the house with them. It's not like we were like having like heart to hearts about her cycle and, you know, cervical mucus. But like, I think. Can do you do you know like the history of fam and like its connect connection to like religion? Yeah. So basically, so there's like a lot of people kind of discover different things that kind of put all of this together. Like it wasn't like one day someone's like, oh, the fertility awareness method is born. You know, like it was right. kind of like a process. <laughs> um, so like in like the like late 1800s, only then did they people realize that that sperm fertilized an egg. Before then, people just thought that, like, men impregnate women. Like, there wasn't really much, like, like awareness that, like, women have an egg. And, like, they're half of this equation. Obviously, it's all the males doing. Exactly. It's, like, all good things in the world. (laughs) Exactly. Lead back to males. Exactly. So, like, that was discovered just that, like, the sperm and fertilizes the egg Hmm. was discovered only in, like, the late 1800s. And then in, like, the early 1900s, people discovered, I think in, like, the 1930s, somebody discovered... Um, cervical mucus mm. and like kind of that it has different qualities and that it changes wow. over time it changes as you're getting closer to ovulation um, I know that the calendar method was kind of discovered first mm-hmm. which is basically somebody um, discovering that basically there's a certain amount of time from when you ovulate until your next period that most women mm-hmm. will ovulate you know let's say somewhere mid-cycle mm-hmm. and there's always going to be around like 14 days from ovulation until your next period so they invented this kind of calendar method mm-hmm. to help women kind of like guess when they might be fertile when they won't that was like mm-hmm. also in like the 1930s 1940s and then kind of this whole method of like what we kind of know now as we call it a symptothermal method which means we track um, cervical mucus and basal body temperature mm-hmm. this was all kind of only came together in like the 1950s which Are you is, kidding? So the dynamic duo. Exactly. Kind of really just came in the 1950s. And this is, oh. and it's kind of crazy because that's also when the birth control pill was being, um, getting Introduced. approved by the FDA. Mm-hmm. And so this kind of all, like it all kind of came at the same time, wow. which kind of makes sense as to like why this wasn't so widely known, uh-huh. you know, because the pill was very much being pushed wow. then. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. So this Blowing is, as like a, a method, this is, rel- I mean, relatively recent. Uh-huh. Um, and I think only like kind of later, like more in like the 90s when like internet, people were like researching more and things were becoming more like widely available, did this kind of start to like be promoted more. Uh-huh. Mm. But what you were mentioning about religion and kind of a friend of yours that was Catholic, I think you mentioned yeah. she was Catholic, uh-huh. right? Is that um, a lot of, there actually is a method that was, it's called um, uh, natural family planning or mm-hmm. I think that's the one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a Catholic, it's based, essentially it was like invented by, or it was, it's 
really promoted by the Catholic Church mm-hmm. because they, they don't use, I'm pretty sure they don't use barrier methods and they don't mm-hmm. use the pill. Mm. And so it's basically a way of like natural family planning. Mm-hmm. And so there are certain methods that are kind of very, um, they're like religious, mm-hmm. they're taught in religious settings. Mm-hmm. They practice abstinence during their fertile window as opposed to mm-hmm. the way I would teach it where we, you know, I recommend, I mean, people choosing what they want, mm-hmm. but most women use some sort of barrier method when they're fertile. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of a little bit about the history of it. So it hasn't been around like for so long. Wow. Um, but wow. yeah, but it's been here. It's been around long enough for, I mean, before I was born and like long enough for me <laughs> to be able to like, like, like we should have heard about this. We definitely and should have. I, I, what I love about this is that, yes, it sounds like it's uh, essentially an amalgamation of evidence-based information. Totally. And I feel like this type of like fam and other methods that are similar are thought of as really woo-woo. Yeah. And they're not. Exactly. Like so I'd love totally. to hear like is this promoted in conventional medicine? Yes. And what what is the the take on that? It's a really good question. And it's actually interesting. I was thinking about it on my way here because I have a really close friend who's a um women's health nurse practitioner. Mm. And she actually when I was when I talked to her about this, she says like in her training um, and we were in nursing school together and where we did not learn this at all. And um, and so she when she was in her training to become a nurse practitioner and she obviously she's going to be prescribing, you mm. know, putting in IUDs, prescribing mm-hmm. like um, birth control pills, mm. um, recommending different things to different people that come to her. And she says that the way it was kind of presented to her in nurse in nurse practitioner school was like it was kind of like there was like there's this thing called fertility awareness method. We don't promote it, but they said like it has to be like patient initiated, which basically means that the woman has to come in Mm -hmm. saying like, I really want to use this method. Like this is important to me. I believe in this. And like I'm going to this is going to be my method of contraception Mm. as opposed to, you know, someone going to their primary care doctor or their nurse practitioner and saying like, hey, the pill's really not working for me. Like what non-hormonal options do you have? And them offering it to mm-hmm. them. Wow. So that's kind of like the difference. And that kind of, I don't know if that's like, I mean, I could say it's pretty widespread that doctors are not recommending this method, but I don't know, obviously, maybe there's like individuals here or there that do, but I'd say like generally in Western medicine, it's not, yeah, it's not really promoted. And I think it's because like practitioners have this fear, like doctors and whoever else is prescribing you, whatever, they have this fear of like, there's a failure rate. Like mm. women can't do this. Mm. Like. You know, the pill, all you have to do is wake up every day and take it at the same time. Mm. Like even that, you know, like it's like, can women even just take it at the same time every day? Like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the people give us so little credit. Jeez. Mm. Right. And wow. then like the IUD is very much promoted because it goes in and you don't need to think about it for five years. Like you just it's mm. inserted into the uterus and it's something that you don't have to do anything right. to, in order to like maintain it. Um, whereas the fertility awareness method takes daily practice of observation observing your cervical mucus taking your basal body temperature understanding how to interpret it Mm -hmm. which definitely takes more effort than taking a pill every morning but it's completely doable right and it like kind of is sad that that doctors don't don't um i guess like tell their patients about it because it's something that if like people had the right information like hey this is a method Mm -hmm. it definitely takes practice and learning and you know takes some investment on your part but like, here's some practitioners in the area that like teach it, and like, mm-hmm. here's how you could get into it. Like, that would be so much better than like women just spending days and days on Google and like right. trying to learn it for themselves. And I have people that have tried to learn it on them for themselves, and like, you know, like not had proper support, and like they're not, they're, you know, unfortunately they are not using it right, and they've had unplanned pregnancies, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. because they don't know where to go to get the right information. 
Talia, wow. how did you get to it? Was that sort of like, what's your story? Um, I was on birth control, the pill, for like six months because mm-hmm. that's just what everyone totally you. Like, there's no other choice. It's just right. like, of course. We've all been there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, Not that there's anything wrong with the pill if it works for you. Exactly. Yeah. And that's an important point. Maybe we'll get to it towards the end, but mm-hmm. but because there's nothing wrong with it. But I was on it and I was like completely not myself, like so uh-huh. depressed and like having anxiety like I've never had in my life. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, it was like a little bit after I got married. And I remember thinking like, it's so hard because how do you know, like, is it this new marriage that I'm in? Like, is mm-hmm. it because I just I'm in this huge, like had this huge life change happen? Mm-hmm. Or like, is there something is there something inside of me that's like off? Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, like, I can't mm-hmm. even, like, address how I'm feeling. I can't even, like, I was like, I know I need a new therapist. Like, I know I need to start, like, taking care of myself better. But I was like, I can't do that if I'm not positive of, like, maybe it's the pill causing this. Like, wow. maybe this is something mm-hmm. else. Right. And so. You're smart. <laughs> so I didn't even know what I was going to do. But I was just mm-hmm. like, I'm not taking, I'm done with the pill. Like, yeah. I stopped. And, like, mm-hmm. within a few days, I felt so much better. My husband was like, whoa. Like, <laughs> like. Just like you're a new person. And I was like, I felt it was so challenging. And like, I think about it a lot, how a lot of women do end up going on Mm -hmm. like the pill, you know, some sort of hormones when they're in a new relationship, Mm -hmm. let's say, or, you know, Mm -hmm. they're whatever it is, or they're in a more committed relationship or they're getting married, whatever it is. And it's like really hard to differentiate. Like, am I depressed right now because of this new relationship Mm -hmm. or am I depressed right now because of the pill? Mm -hmm. Do I have no sex drive because like... I don't know, like this relationship is changing or like is something causing me to have no right. sex drive, which like the depression and low libido are like the two biggest side effects <gasps> of the pill. Really? Yeah. And so these things are like really confusing for women, I think. Wow. So like if anyone's listening and like having that experience, it doesn't mean like there's anything wrong with being on the pill, but just to be and because I'm not like super anti, like I'm just a promoter of people choosing what's best for them. Um but like if you are experiencing any of those things, whether it's anxiety or depression or like no sex drive or just, you know, feeling like out not yourself or disconnected from your emotions, like it's totally possible that obviously life can cause us to experience these things as well. But it's also possible that it could be caused by mm-hmm. the hormones that, that you know, are going into our bodies. Mm. Wow. And when you say the pill, you're referring to hormonal contraception in general. Exactly. Right? So with the pill, IUD. Totally. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah. So when I say the pill, I really do also. And it includes also like the patch and the NuvaRing and the the injections, like all any way of getting hormones outside of, you know, taking outside hormones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how does that stack up? Like how does FAM, like if you were to like compare FAM to these other types of contraceptive, I'm sure you get this question all the time. Yeah. How does that stack up? Um, So essentially every type of method has a, a... kind of success rate when you use it perfectly and a success rate when you like with typical use mm-hmm. and typical use doesn't mean that that's how I'm going to use it it just means that that's like how typical typically people use it mm-hmm. um like even for let's say like the birth control pill like the you know perfect use is like 99.9 or something I don't mm-hmm. even have this I don't really talk about it much but it's very like you know perfect use if you take it every single time this every single day at the same time mm-hmm. very effective and then typical use is obviously lower because women don't take it at the same time every day. People forget a day. People mm-hmm. forget two days, whatever it is. So every method has like a typical use, which is like what like majority, like the if you kind of average out all mm-hmm. the people who take it or use it, mm-hmm. what that percent, how effective that is versus the perfect use, which is like if we do it exactly as it's supposed to be. So 
fertility awareness method is it can be up to like more than 99% effective with perfect mm. use. Wow. Which is very effective. Yes. Mm-hmm. But that also means we have to use it perfectly. Uh-huh. And uh, what does using it perfectly look like such a versus question. not? So using it perfectly really means, first of all, observing your cervical mucus, you know, being aware of what you're seeing and your basal body temperature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically, I mean, it really means like learning how to use the method properly, not like do, doing a Google search and being like, oh, I totally get it. Or like <laughs> not having like this feeling of like, yeah, like I know when I'm fertile, you know, <laughs> like those feelings of like. By the way, that's me. Yeah, so some people do that. I know people who. who You're like, like, and that. I know Braille because we've talked about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. so, time. So, so there are people who are kind of like, yeah, like I, I kind of like, I don't think I saw cervical mucus today. And it's like, I always tell my clients, like, if you say like, I don't think I saw cervical mucus, that's not enough to say, I didn't see cervical mucus. Like, right. it's not about like thinking or guessing or feeling. Like, it's about really observing and about like science. Exactly. And like seeing, like having, like seeing objectively what is going on in your body. Mm. Um, and so that's really about using it perfectly. It's about um, kind of really making sure that you know what you're doing. You learned it properly. You feel confident in it. You're not taking risks. You know, some people, um, will kind of say like, I, you know, I feel like I didn't see any cervical mucus today. Like, I don't think I'm fertile today. Um, and then they'll have unprotected sex. And like, mm. for me, I'm just like, that's not, if you want to really avoid pregnancy, that's not like a good enough, that's not going to work. Mm. There's no feelings or thinkings or like, mm. you know, it's like I did or I didn't. Mm. Um, and so, and if you're ever like hesitant, then you like play it safe. You know, mm. that's kind of the way we get perfect use. But also the, when this is kind of measured as like how effective this is, they're doing it with women practicing abstinence during their fertile window. Mm-hmm. So that means that they're basically not having sex on the days that they're fertile, mm-hmm. um, which some people choose to do, and that's great. And other people are like, no, I'm not going to do that. And that's also great. So essentially, when you're fertile is when your method of protection is like really important because right. that's like literally when it counts. <laughs> like right. if you right. were doing like, it doesn't matter how effective your condom use is like when you're n- literally not fertile post ovulation because it's like. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. So but when you are fertile, like it, you really need to make sure that what you're using during that time, like is as effective as you like want it to be, as it feels comfortable for you. Um, so essentially when we say it's more than 99% effective, we're talking about this method based off of abstinence, um, which first of all, if you decide to do that, you could get, I mean, if you decide to not have sex during the fertile window, which I would say I have no clients that do that. So it's not like I'm like promoting that. I mean, if you want to though, go for it. But um the way you get perfect use that way is just by making sure like you really know what you're doing. You're really tracking. You're really observing what's happening in your body and not making guesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you want to essentially, you know, kind of get to perfect use with, I mean, essentially then you're looking at whatever method you're using during your furrow window, you want to basically achieve for uh, perfect use with that method. So that means that if someone's using condoms during their, during their fertile window, you want to make sure that you're using the condom perfectly because condoms also have a, mm-hmm. a perfect use and a, t- uh, a typical use. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like effectiveness rate and each thing that you're going to use whatever you're going to choose is going to kind of have you're going to have to kind of learn like how effective is this and does it line up with like my fertility intentions Ooh, can you talk about that oh yeah and you know speaking of fertility intentions i just want to go back to the fertile window for a second i feel like there's this misconception that people think that we ovulate on one day. Oh, yeah. And I want you to dispel that <laughs> myth, please. I will. Let me dispel that myth, and then we'll talk about the, the, the fertility intention scale. Okay. Um, but basically, yeah, so people do think ovulation happens one day, and it's like, oh, if I'm not ovulating today, then like I could have unprotected sex, and that's great. And it's not true. 
And that's also something some people ask me, like, why do I have to learn this method? Why can't I just use ovulation predictor kits and just pee on a stick? And then when I get a positive, I won't have unprotected sex. Mm. That's not going to work. Anyone who thinks it's going to work, it will not work. (laughs) And I'll tell you why. Because basically, so when we talk about the fertile window, Mm -hmm. basically sperm could survive in cervical mucus for up to five days. Bananas. Whoa. Yeah, exactly. That shit is strong. Yeah, (laughs) cervical mucus is also crazy because cervical mucus provides like the perfect nourishing home for sperm. It gives it like nourishment and food and warmth and like helps it get to exactly where it needs to go. Like through the the um, through the vagina, through the cervix, past the uterus, up to the fallopian tubes where it wants to be to fertilize that egg. Like wow. cervical mucus like does it right. Like it knows exactly what the sperm needs. It's like the prebiotics of the the it's like the prebiotics to probiotics. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's literally it's I'm gonna pretend like I know what they're talking about, guys. It's literally like um yeah, it's like the beautiful home for sperm. So sperm's gonna be cozy up in there for um, up to five days. Mm -hmm. That basically means that as soon as I see cervical mucus, I'm fertile until I confirm ovulation Mm -hmm. because we don't know when that ovulation is going to happen. Ovulation might happen, you know, three days after I see cervical mucus. It might happen seven days later. So Mm -hmm. as long as I'm having cervical mucus, I'm potentially fertile. And even there's a buffer window after I confirm ovulation, after I see that my cervical mucus has dried up and my body temperature has gone up, there's even a buffer window on the other end. We basically add three days on the other end to make sure like the egg has been released, it is fully gone, and like it is out, because the egg only lives for 24 hours. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah, which is kind of crazy when you think about. Um, I have so many questions. Yes. <laughs> so, so this fertile window could be as long as nine, 10 days. Yeah, so for everyone, it's really different. So for some people, it might just be a few days, like it might be like three, I mean, technically, you are, I mean, sperm can live for up to five days and then you have ovulation day, which would be a sixth day. So technically your fertile window is six days. But because we don't know when ovulation will happen, like maybe I'm stressed this cycle and ovulation is going to happen a little bit later than normal because that's like a whole nother podcast episode about yeah. how stress affects our cycle. But we'll get there maybe, mm-hmm. you know, in a few months, a few oh, years. We <laughs> will get there. That sounds Bar amazing. Bat mitzvah. Exactly. So, so if, let's say I'm stressed one cycle and ovulation is happening later where maybe I might have normally five days of cervical mucus, maybe this cycle of my body's it's taking a long time to ovulate and I have like 10 days of cervical mucus. And I, I won't know when ovulation is going to happen. So I have to consider myself fertile for this whole entire window wow. until from the first day I see cervical mucus until I confirm ovulation. That is like I'm fertile for that whole time. Wow. And for everyone that will look different, how many days you'll need protection will look different. That's probably my most frequently asked question is like how many days like do I have that I need protection and then how many days can I have unprotected sex mm-hmm. and it's like different for everyone and it also depends on lots of factors but essentially there's this window so um wait I forgot what I was okay I have a million about. questions okay, okay. <laughs> I could just be here forever Ozar producer I hope we have eight more hours blocked out for the fer- fertility awareness method okay a couple questions one is is there like a recommend do you have like a, a favorite a contraceptive quote unquote barrier method that you suggest to women see I'm listening yeah. Chelia. <laughs> um, like do you have like a favorite or like the one that you feel like is the strongest just for the people that are listening and they're like okay if I'm going to switch to this then like that would be probably their next question yeah it's a really good question so that kind of goes back to what we were talking about the fertility intention scale when we talk about like fertility intentions and essentially what that means is there's a scale. If anyone's watching, you could Google it. If you Google like, fertility intention scale, wow. um, 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure it comes up on Google. But I mean, it's not something you need to necessarily Google, but it basically just is kind of this like chart that basically says like, how much do I not want to get pregnant? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, essentially I'm, there are people out there and it kind of goes from like zero to five. And I always hate that it's like in like a scale, like with numbers, because zero, like five is not better than zero. There's no better or worse. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of how it's it's laid out. But essentially, someone who is, like, they call it trying to avoid zero. So that's TTA. That's, like, the word in the fertility awareness world. And then TTC is trying to conceive. Mm. Um, So if you are basically trying to avoid zero, that means that you absolutely cannot, do not want to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. That means that if you did get pregnant, you would go through all measures to end that pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not an option for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And then kind of as you move through the scale of somebody who's, like, trying to avoid one, it's like, I really don't want to get pregnant and maybe I would... You know, maybe I would take a morning after pill, but wouldn't consider an abortion mm-hmm. or whatever it is. It's kind of figuring out like it's like where where you are in the scale. And then as you move kind of further along in the scale, it's, you know, I really don't want to get pregnant. Um, but if I did get pregnant, like, like it would be really hard for me, but it wouldn't be I would be OK eventually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then somebody being like, I don't want to get pregnant. But if I did, like, I'd be fine. Like, I'd be great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of like the way the scale looks. And it's obviously there's it's not necessarily about like the exact what each one means but it's more just kind of everyone figuring out like how much do I not want to get pregnant you know and like mm-hmm. if I did have like you know unprotected sex on the wrong day or you know I did have an unplanned pregnancy like what would I do mm-hmm. um and so it's really most important first of all like I was saying is that for people to understand where you are in that scale because someone who is at a, trying to avoid zero like cannot and will not does not want to get pregnant they're going to use a really different method during their fertile window than mm. someone who might be like, I don't want to get pregnant, but like if I did, like I'd be fine. Mm. Um, and it's really important because this is, I mean, first of all, this is like a really great also communication tool for women to use with their um, partners because mm-hmm. sometimes it's not something that's ever really spoken about, you Absolutely. know, like sometimes in like relationships, it's kind of just like, oh, like I, we're going to just use condoms and we're not going to really talk ever about like, like, how do we feel? Like, what would happen mm-hmm. if we had an unplanned pregnancy? What would we want to do? Like, mm-hmm. how would we each really feel? And it's not just like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, and I really think it's important first for the woman to see how she feels. Because oftentimes when you're like in a relationship and talking, you oftentimes, it's hard to oftentimes like figure out what you really want mm-hmm. and how you really feel. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes like women or people, we like to kind of, I mean, I do. I know that's myself. Like, I like to kind of like people please sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you want to kind of just be like, okay, like this is where we're at. And like, mm-hmm. this is good, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's really important to kind of see like, where does a woman stand on her own and then like mm. where does her partner stand and then where do they where on the scale are they together so nice oh, i love this yeah. yeah totally and it's crazy that like this isn't more widely spoken about because it usually what happens is like you know if something does happen you know there isn't unplanned pregnancy or something people have never right it's never been spoken about before that right. mm. um so it is just like a really good communication tool and not that that's like what we're looking to happen that's not the goal of this method i don't you know i that hasn't happened with any of my clients but it just is a good thing to talk about with a partner mm-hmm. um a good yeah so let's say that someone is on the zero side of the scale okay they really don't want to get pregnant they're not okay with getting pregnant which contraceptive methods do you recommend for those people during the fertile window? Really good question. Yeah. Um, so there isn't anything that I specifically, like I don't have a recommendation. Like that's my truth. Like I teach mm-hmm. it when I teach it to my clients. I teach about condoms. I teach about diaphragms. I teach about withdrawal method, which is like pulling out method. Um, Shaking my head, it doesn't work. Yeah, so everyone has different feelings about it. So yeah, I would know. So, for another podcast. 
So I don't necessarily teach one specific. I don't necessarily have a recommendation. It's more just like I teach all the options. We talk about spermicides, which are spermicides, which are a lot less effective, and that's somebody might want to use if they're kind of more on the like, I don't want to get pregnant, but like if it happened, like fine. Um, a lot of people choose to double up on methods. If they're like on, kind of like you were saying in that, like trying to avoid zero, mm-hmm. they some people will use a condom and a diaphragm or a condom and a spermicide. And they'll kind of double up because you really want to make sure that like, you know, this is like when you're fertile and some people want to make sure that they're like, it's really, they're like really protected. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is also just to make sure that you understand, like you really learn like what is the method I'm using and like how do I use it perfectly? How can I get that perfect use? Because mm-hmm. each method has a way to achieve that perfect use. Like, you know, condoms, for example, making sure that the lube that you're using is compatible with the condom, you know, because mm-hmm. a lot of times they're not. Mm-hmm. Making sure that it fits well, making sure that you check it beforehand to make sure that there's no holes in it, mm-hmm. you know, just like little things that like, kind of help you get that perfect use as opposed to kind of just like, yeah, I'm using this method and like, it's you fine. know, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> little deal. Exactly. Wow. Wow. So good to think about. Yeah. I have a million questions. Um, can I keep going? I, yeah, I also question? have, I you do. You go while you go. Okay. Talia, you're going to like be here till you give birth. I think so. <laughs> so what is the benefit of using FAM? If you are not in a monogamous relationship, because we know that FAM is not a barrier method, so it doesn't protect against STDs. So so what benefit can it bring to someone who needs to use a barrier method? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, So a few things. First of all, is that aside from like being used as birth control, it is like an incredible way to connect with your body, to understand what's going on inside of your body. I talk about this, this could also be a whole nother podcast episode, but but also when we move through our cycle, we change, you know, there's times in our cycle where we have more energy, there's times where we have less energy, there's times when we're more productive or less productive, there's times when sex drive is like at its highest and there's times when like you may be like, okay, literally get away from me. (laughs) Um, So, and these changes are all really normal, like really normal. And so just being in tune with what's going on in your body when when you're approaching ovulation, when you're after ovulation, um, understanding like where you are in your cycle gives like so many benefits to your body of like connecting with your body and optimizing. Yeah. And just being like more in tune with like, um, yeah, I guess just like being in tune with like your cycle and realizing like that we are cyclical, that like women are cyclical and we're not supposed to feel the same every day. Like there's this thing of like women are hormonal, you know, it's like what people say. And it's like, we, Ugh. but like we are hormonal and like, like we are like we're all hormonal. Yeah, we're humans. It's true. But also like our hormones do actually change every day and it's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Like we're, it's, it's good. It's not like this, like mm-hmm. women are so hormonal and like they're terrible. It's like, <laughs> no, like women are like, we do actually change every day and it's like beautiful. And like, oh. we should embrace that. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. Um, and then the Love other, that. yeah. And then the other thing about you know, women who let's say aren't in a monogamous relationship, um, it could also be really beneficial because, um, like we kind of, I mean, I've mentioned a little bit earlier, but there are times, let's say that, I mean, like, you know, there are times when you're fertile and you're not. And if you were to have, you know, mess up one night or, I mean, I don't even want to call it mess up, but, you know, you were to have unprotected sex one night that you were like, or your barrier method failed, you know, all of a sudden the condom slipped off or whatever it was, something happens mm-hmm. and you're like, oh my gosh, shoot, like, do I need to take the morning after pill? Mm-hmm. Like, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. You could also look at your chart and see, like, am I fertile? Am I not fertile? Like, mm-hmm. you know, is this wow. even a possibility? Because wow. usually we're, I mean, women are, have absolutely no idea where they are in their cycle. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if there is ever a time that that happens, and it happens because it's life and we're mm-hmm. human and, like, things happen, you know, mm-hmm. where, um, 
whatever method of protection you were using, sometimes it, it didn't work. Um, you know, maybe there was a hole in the condom, whatever it was. Okay. Um, you could also know for yourself, like, do I need to take a, a morning after pill or You're like, good. yeah, or like, am I not even fertile? This isn't even a thing. Right. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I love, I love this connection to your body aspect of it. I think for so long, like most women have been trained to hate our periods and right. to just think of our cycle as our period only and connecting it to pain and associating it with discomfort and even grossness. Yeah. And it's like, and we know, we know now, I think it's with more awareness and, and so much research that people are more exposed to that your cycle is such an indicator for health. Yeah. On so many totally. levels, so beyond your fertility. Totally. Right? It's like a, an indicator of your bone health. It's mm -hmm. an indicator of your your cortisol levels, of your, you know, inflammation levels, yeah. of all kinds of things that are happening in your body. And and I think that the closer we can get to that and appreciate having a normal cycle and being able to understand where we are in that cycle is so valuable so i love yeah. that aspect totally yeah and there actually are women who will choose to learn to chart literally just to understand their health like uh -huh. understand what's going on in their body connecting with their cycle mm. understanding like you know i mean one of my favorite things to always tell people is like i'm sure everyone here has had a friend who had um or yourself has had an experience where like you got your period and then two weeks later you got it again and you're like what mm. the hell is happening mm. in my body mm. like mm -hmm. why did i get my period like once and then two weeks later but likely what happened is that one of those bleeds wasn't really a period. Hmm. It basically is something called an anovulatory bleed, hmm. um, which basically means essentially a period is what comes around two weeks after ovulation. If you don't ovulate but you bleed, that's called an anovulatory bleed. Hmm. And so your period, your real period, could still come at any time because that wasn't really a period. And so some people want to track so that they could understand, like, you know, if something like that were yeah. to happen or someone who is experiencing cycles like that and want to know, like, What's going on here? Right, right. Or, or like, why am I spotting in the middle of my cycle? Why am I, you know, all mm -hmm. these different questions that we have that like, like we could see once we start charting because we'll actually know like, did ovulation happen? Where did it happen? Did it not? And, you know, if there's any issues, like finding the right support for that, finding, I have tons of people I recommend, you know, I have acupuncturists that I recommend people mm -hmm. to, someone who does shiatsu and herbalists, like that will, can help people with any of these cycle issues. What I love about what you're saying is that this method is sort of like giving the power back to the woman. Yeah. And again, I was on the pill for like a bajillion years. I was like put on it as a as basically as a kid for acne. Yeah. And it wasn't until like my mm. mid-20s that I got off of it and I felt possessed, which is a whole other <laughs> story. But like this is, it's giving like the sovereignty back to the woman. And there's again, there, I have no issue, I have no opinion really if people are on the pill or take the fam. Like this isn't, you know, that's not, how I live my life but it's so interesting because the more you talk about it the more it just feels like this is the most empowering method in the sense that you really become like your own expert on what is happening internally in your body yeah totally because it's 100% true because anyone who who were like if I someone were to go to a doctor and say I got my period and then I got it two weeks later, the answer would be go on the pill to regulate your period, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which it just it won't regulate your period because you won't actually even be getting a period. Like it just it mm -hmm. will not fix anything. <laughs> like it will absolutely fix nothing. Right. And I then like when you laugh. come off the pill, 
in like five years from now, mm-hmm. the same problem will likely still be there right. because mm-hmm. you haven't fixed it. Right. Um, so that's kind of exactly what you're saying is that this method, this is like also one of the reasons I love it the most is because it really does kind of give, like it really gives women the power to kind of feel like she can understand her body and not mm-hmm. feel like she has to like go try a million different experts and doctors and people that like may not actually be able to help her, you right. know, because they're not, they're not sitting with her. They're not explaining to her mm-hmm. anything really about what's going on. They're not checking, you know, what was, what were these two bleeds? Was one of them, did one of them, like was one of them an anovulatory bleed and one of them really a period? Like mm-hmm. they're not getting into these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so it really is, it's a super empowering method. Like it really kind of has also for myself been so empowering to, to learn this for myself and to understand it and to to feel like I, I mean, not that I don't like doctors, but like I really have no reason to ever go to a gynecologist because mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm not saying you learn this method and you'll never have to go to a gynecologist, right. but, but it really has given me like all the information that I need to understand my body and what's mm-hmm. going on. And when I see an issue, like I know the practitioners to reach out to. Mm-hmm. Talia, now let's say uh, somebody's listening and they're, they're saying, <laughs> and they're saying, oh, can I talk for a couple more minutes? Okay. Talia, <laughs> so much pressure. I feel like so much pressure to the studio. If people want to switch or transition to FAM, first of all, we will put your information everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. You should just go straight to Talia. And you do also have, like, I think an online online program. And yeah. they can, you know, you work with people remotely. But is there, like, an app or are you against the apps? Really good question. So... You only can say yes or no. We're running out. Oh, I am. So I don't like any apps. (laughs) Okay. So any apps, a lot of apps will tell you like when you're fertile, when you're not, like something like um, Natural Cycles or Daisy. Um, They'll basically tell you to input like your when your last Mm -hmm. period was. Daisy will have you take your temperature every day, but it will essentially be giving you the information for you. It will tell you you're fertile here, you're not fertile here, Mm -hmm. which is a big no, 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 no for me because I do not want to rely on an algorithm to prevent pregnancy is smart like that is not how you prevent pregnancy so like we kept mentioning at the beginning we really want objective data to be Mm -hmm. like and we want like we're smarter than these apps you know Mm -hmm. the apps kind of make us feel like we can do this for you like Mm -hmm. you know this is complicated and like but like i promise you you could learn this and do it yourself so aka your discharge knows best. Exactly. It's true. <laughs> so funny. It's true. And so, and so, um, yeah, there was actually um, Temp Drop, which is a whole other side story. They have these T-shirts. It's a uh, wearable thermometer that measures your temperature overnight to be used in this method. They have these T-shirts that say, like, um, I know when to have sex. <laughs> it's, like, it's like kind of like they're like like um, the T-shirts they give out to people, which is like so funny. But because it's for if you want to, I mean, I guess they're talking about conception more I think like I know when to have sex um but yeah but the point is that like we can know this you Mm -hmm. know we don't need an app or an Mm -hmm. algorithm to tell us Mm -hmm. but there are apps like there's an app called read your body that I really recommend because Mm -hmm. it doesn't give you any sort of predictions you just input the information Mm -hmm. um and so if anyone is looking to get started um you could always look at my Instagram page organic fertility there's a lot of information there to kind of just like you're the best thank you Mm -hmm. but there's a lot in my highlights there you could read Mm -hmm. about kind of look into see what's there Um, And there's really great books because this method could also be learned on your own. Like I really recommend working with a practitioner Mm because it is really good to have the support and be able to message someone. I really recommend you just work directly with Talia. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. So it's really great. But you can also um, um, learn this on your own because this isn't it's not crazy complicated. It is Mm -hmm. possible to learn on your own. Mm -hmm. And if you feel good, like make sure you feel confident. And if you don't get a practitioner. 
But there's um, The Fifth Vital Sign is a really good book to start out with because mm. it's light and it's easy to read. Mm. But it doesn't cover everything as much for birth control. If you really want to dive deep and learn this on your own, I recommend getting Taking Charge of Your Fertility. Oh, yeah, mm. I've heard of it. Yeah, mm. it's like the Bible of this mm. and it's really in-depth and mm-hmm. it's it's a great book. And it's, um, yeah, so I really do recommend that great. for anyone looking to get started. Amazing. Well, Talia, wow. I feel so empowered and I cannot wait to learn more from you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And speaking of which, so Talia mentioned you can find her on her Instagram, which is organic, organic fertility. fertility. Exactly. Okay. So organic fertility. And what if people want to take a course from you or work with you one-on-one is, do you have a website? So I have a website, but I'm actually, because as we all have been talking about, about to have a baby, um, I'm not going to start teaching again until summer 2022. Mm-hmm. So anyone who wants to work with me before then, I have some people I wrote on my Instagram about like people that you could work mm-hmm. with until then. But if you want to work with me, wait till this summer. It'll be good. Just wait. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and then the last thing, mm-hmm. uh, as we end each podcast, we like to send our listeners off with some well wishes. So what are your well wishes around fam and contraception for our beloved listeners? So I think my well wish is that is that just for I mean, I hope that people feel after listening to this that there are options out there. I think a lot of women can feel like there's, you know, there's no good options and it sucks and like the hormones suck and condoms suck or Mm -hmm. whatever it is, just feeling like kind of like upset about it. Mm -hmm. And what I always say is that there's no perfect option of contraception. You know, there's no perfect option. Everything has a pro and a con. Mm -hmm. And it's just about finding what works best for you. Um, And I just encourage you to kind of keep looking, you know, don't give up, you know, Mm -hmm. if it's. If it ends up being fertility awareness method, cool. If it ends up being the pill, a new pill, great. Like if it ends up being trying out a diaphragm, trying out a spermicide, whatever it is, but there are options out there. So just remember that like you're not stuck in like a dark hole of like contraception sucks. Hopefully you will find the option that works best for you. Lovely. Love Thank it. Thank you so much, Talia. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you, wow. Talia. You're I such a rock so star. much from you. So You're nice. such a smarty pants. <laughs> it's very nice. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we can't wait to extend the conversation after Talia gives birth. She's going to bring her sweet baby on to talk about. Just kidding. Exactly. But um, <laughs> I hope this was, like, really empowering and beneficial. And, of course, we'd always love to hear from you. So you can always find us at... Well Wishes podcast on Instagram and sending everybody lots of love. And we will catch you next time. See you.